Blog Talk Radio. Hello, everybody. This is David Hogan, and we've got another point of view going live. This week, we're going to do that talk about guns. And we all know why we're going to have it, because of the horrific shootings in El Paso and Dayton. So we've had a few days to let some of the emotions calm down. Um, and so we're going to have that little talk. And I, I've had lots of these shows over the years. I've been doing blog talk radio since 2006, back when I had my newspaper. And we've had a show or two about guns. We've had a few of them get real emotional. So I'm going to give you fair warning. This is not live uh, broadcast radio. This is internet radio. So I don't have an eight-second dump box like the FCC requires over-the-air communications like your local radio station has. So you're liable to hear anything, and I'm not responsible for it. It's just that simple. Um, If somebody does get out of hand, I'll simply cut their mic uh, and drop their calls. So if you want to call in, the phone number to call in is 213-943-3360. Blog Talk Radio is out of New York. That's the reason that's a 213 area code. Again, it's 213-943-3360. I've got a lot I want to cover today. Everything from Heller VDC regulations, red flag laws, uh, what can we do, open carry, uh, terminology and things of that nature. But I'm fixing to bring live our first caller. Eddie, are you with us? Hey, David. Yep. How you hey. doing today? I'm doing good. Thanks for calling in, Eddie. Before we get going, you're our first caller. Uh, you and I even had a exchange on our little gun forum on Facebook. I don't know what you want to talk about, but whatever you got to say, ask. Hey, tell us what's yeah. on your mind. Well, just right out of the gate, hope you're healing up okay. Oh, thank you, folks. I had eye surgery, and I appreciate that, Eddie. And other than having bubbles in my eye that they say are going to go away, it's really kind of wonky, Eddie. But uh started out as one one big air bubble in the bottom of my eye, and now Mm -hmm. it's turned into five air bubbles. So I hear they'll keep being more of them, and they'll get – smaller and smaller until they finally go away. Thanks for asking. Right. Jump on in there, buddy. Okay, man. You know, we had a little online discussion here about four or five days ago, I think it was, and uh, right. some of the folks that we were discussing with online, um, I think I I kind of made one fella a little hot under the collar. <laughs> I think he misunderstood what I was saying. But anyway, we were discussing the this detail about these, uh, I don't call them assault rifles, it's a military-style rifle. Um, and the point I was just trying to get across is seems that uh, these uh, these fellows that have been perpetrating these uh, mass shootings seem to, some, for some reason or another, gravitate to that type of weapon. But now, in another discussion with a friend of mine, he's telling me, well, you know, that's uh, every man's right. To, uh, to own, and I said, sure, and I said, it's unrealistic to think that 
at this point if they stop manufacturing or selling this rifle because they're already out there in numbers. And uh, it's just that, uh, you know, that was only the point I was trying to get across is it seemed like these these guys gravitated to the to that style of weapon and seemed to have the mentality of, uh, you know, here I am, look what I got. So... That's the only thing I was trying to get across, but yes, I believe. Uh, Eddie, I think you had a, a valid point, I, and I thought we all kind of, you know, I know you, it, it didn't really get out of hand. We just had some clarifying needed to be done. I thought everybody talked it out pretty well. I mean, that's how you right. get somewhere you talk about things. But I, I want to take what you said. Some people may not know what you said. What you said is, is that, and, and Jump in here and correct me because I'm paraphrasing now. Uh, what okay, you said, go ahead. Along the, well, it was along the lines of, you know, the, these young kids want something that they think gives them superior firepower, just like wanting a giant pickup truck and, you know, things like that. And so why are we, you know, making it easy for them to get them or to have things like that? And, and that's a valid question. I mean, it, it really is a valid question because mm-hmm. in the first place, why would a kid want to do this at all? You know, right. and, and uh, you know, for a kid, and we dodge a lot of these issues. We get scared of being politically correct sometimes, I think, and we dodge talking about things that, you know, it might not be, it's certainly not going to be the, quote, smoking gun, but it may play something into this, something that got brought up the other day in the Wall Street Journal from an opinion was that more and more they find out some of these shooters don't have a father, you know, which right. is something that it actually makes you stop and take pause, you know, about right. uh, things in our country. I mean, what we've got to me hit this from all angles. Uh, so I thought mm-hmm. what you brought up, I, I thought it was a damn good question. I still think it's a good question. What can we do to make young men or women? I mean, how long is it going to be? I hope never till we hear, right. you know, someone. But, hey, you and I grew up at a time where we remember Patty Hearst with a, you know, carrying a rifle, you know, back when yeah, she was Yeah, that was mind-blowing. Yeah. Exactly. So, you know, and most yeah. people, there's many people listening right now. There's, I threw this together. It's showing like we got 31 people listening, but that's not a bad crowd for a little throw together Facebook thing. But right. we remember Patty Hearst. You know, we right. we remember uh, the Texas, the the university in Texas, the Bell Tower, the one that shot from there. I mean. You know, it it's mm-hmm. hard it's hard to stop evil. And right. you gotta figure out every way you can. So Eddie, I thought what you threw out there was great. Anything else you wanna say about that? One quick thing. Um you know when these things first started out, it started out with those two um at the Columbine shooting. Uh and of course, no one still to this day knows or never will know what prompted them to do that. Now, it seems like this thing has kind of morphed into a copycat sort of deal. Yes. And again, this would gravitate more to the uh, the younger or the older teenagers, younger adults. Uh, 
um, it, it just seems like it, it's a it's a I, I don't know that they have a grievance uh, against certain people or just want to exercise their right to do what they think they can do but uh, I don't know I, I just uh, it, it seems to me like the thing to address now would be why these people want to mimic one another. Is it, you know, are they looking for just, you know, getting their picture on the uh, news media? I, I don't know. I don't know. Well, but, you know, I think that's a great question. Allow me to jump in and you jump back. Um, okay. A couple of things there. Um, I think you could go a bunch of different ways with this. We're always trying to find an answer. I want to stress again, when I throw out something here, it's not the answer. There's, it's just one little part of a terrible puzzle that might play a part in it. Um, mm-hmm. I, one of the things I see going wrong that I think might play into this, I could be totally wrong, but I'm going to throw it out there. Um, kids don't know how to lose anymore. Kids don't know how to take no anymore. Kids don't know how to not be happy. Um, I, I can remember growing up where my mother would go, get your butt outside. Uh, you didn't, I mean, go find something to do. And guess what? You found something to do. It might have been yep. to draw pictures in the mud. Um, right. But now and there's if you this, lose. If you, if no, you lose in, friends, you in. get out and make new friends. That's right. And now right. it seems like there's so much instant gratification. And am I not? And, you know, we sit here and we look at it. We call them, some of us call them snowflakes and little pansies. But when you, when you, right. step, out, when you step back from that, when you step back, are, are we doing kids a, a justice by not letting them suffer defeats, not learning what it's like to to not, you know, we talk about participation trophies, this, that, and I know somebody may look at me and go, oh, you are so far off the mark. Well, maybe I am, maybe I'm not. Um, you, you know, we, we have these kids that want, that they're seeking attention so bad that they're willing to mm-hmm. be killed that they're actually willing to be death by cops so they can go out in what they think is this great blaze of glory. Well, one of the things that I did with my old newspaper, and this was back in 2008. I mean, this was a while back, over 10 years ago. I would never mention the name of the shooter. I would not show their picture. I would call them the perpetrator I'd call them the evil perpetrator, the disturbed young man. I was not going to give them any recognition. Exactly. None. And 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 I wish... Go Go ahead. Go ahead. ahead. Well, it's like you were saying with these children being neglected, uh, not being, you know, spending time with these kids. Losing friends in school, losing just contact with everyone, getting themselves isolated, or using this to find a way to just break out. I don't know. But you're right. By uh, And I blame a lot of it on the news media, of course, like you said, by people bringing these people into the light, uh, calling them by name. 
And I think that's what a lot of them are looking for. I think they want some notoriety. Right. So, and that is so that's the, the angle same. we need that to tackle. Yeah, it is. But, uh, yeah, kind of the answer as to what to do, you know, with these people, these parents who are neglecting these kids, it's in such great number. I mean, you really can't police it, but I think neighbors and relatives should, you know, have the mindset to get involved. You know, oh, for I, example, I if I have a, a nephew that I know their father's not spending enough time with them, if they're misbehaving, doing bad in school, um, jump in there and parent them as much as you can yourself. Offer to talk with them. Well, Let that I'm child know your aunt, but I'm there with you. And the other thing, Eddie, is when before we had the Internet, and I've been around the Internet ever since before there was an Internet, um, you know, my – my computer goes back to when I worked for PC World Magazine back before there was a World Wide Web. But now they're starting to say this kid in El Paso was part of the dark web, this, that, and other. Now, this is something that I do think we need to talk about. It, you right. know, when, when you and I grew up, it was really, it, although we did, it was hard to hide your mischievous little deed. Because oh, there yeah. was always there was always a neighbor, there was always right. somebody watching. Um, if you are turning your kids loose on the internet without any supervision, any structure, anything like that, and then you mm-hmm. throw your hands up in the air and go, "Well, I just can't imagine where he got these ideas." Well, hell, I can tell you where he got some of these ideas. He got them off the internet. You know, when you were kids, what did we do? If we went into our bedroom and we just, we lollygagged around, you had a radio to listen to, you had a record player. When you got sick of those two things, you got out of that room and got out and found something to do. These kids today will lock themselves in their room all day long, surf the net, and just look for anything and everything they can find to try to gain interest and then end up on these sites like you said this kid did. Oh, absolutely. And then, you know, and they always, you know, there's all kinds of studies that say video games don't incite violence. And there's other ones that say they do. And they go back and forth to me and all. But I'm going to say this. I, I grew up writing reviews for software um, when I worked for PC World. And I actually had a couple of my kids write some uh, reviews. One of my kids helped me uh, the, the game that came out after Doom was Quake. One of my kids right. actually wrote the review for Quake. But even mm-hmm. with even having sons that grew up with a dad that was a quote computer expert, I limited their time on the internet. I'd walk in mm-hmm. and go get off the computer. Oh come on, get off the computer. In fact, get out of the room. Exactly. Go outside. You know, exactly. get out of here. You know, and yeah. I mean this but now we used to make this gripe, Eddie, about kids being on the computer too much, but hell, they're walking around with a computer now. I mean, they have a <laughs> smartphone in their hand. They have a, almost a 24-7 computer. Now, is That's that going to solve mass shootings? No. But it is mm-hmm. what we have to, if we, if we are serious about it, Stopping mass shootings and doing what we can. And Eddie, right. something you have—you're a gun owner. I'm a gun owner. 
But I think right. you and I both consider ourselves responsible gun owners. I don't yeah. have a problem with a background check. I, I don't no. have a problem. I, I wish Alabama before you could get a concealed carry. And I'm going to make some people mad. Well, they just have to get mad. I wish Alabama made you go through a safety training course. Uh, and I know okay. several other gun owners that feel the same way about that. I don't have a problem. You know, there's a plus to that. I'm just, That's uh, right. you know, who, who, who wouldn't want to go through that anyway? Exactly. And, uh, yeah, I can see where you're coming from, and I, I feel exactly the same way. And if you have any reason to uh, want to debunk that idea, then to me, you know, what have you got to what have you got to hide? I mean, why, why exactly. would you not want to go through all that? So the only thing know, that I don't want, the only thing I don't want, Eddie, and I am scared of this, and I'm going to tell people why I'm scared of this. It's part of what we're going to talk about in a minute. It seems like every time the gun owners are willing to sit down at the table and discuss more legislation, we are very well regulated already. Um, I went and picked up before my eye surgery, I ordered a 22 target pistol. Well, 22 long rifles, cheapest ammo you can buy. That's one of the reasons so many people buy 22s, you know, because mm-hmm. they get ammo, it's dirt cheap. So, right. and as you know, as you know, the more you practice, you develop muscle memory. I have people say, why do you practice? Well, don't you want me to be able to hit what I'm shooting at? You know, I mean, that's part of being a responsible gun owner. So right. anyway, you used to could take your concealed carry permit in Alabama and you could go to an FFL, federal firearms license, and you could buy a gun and your concealed carry served as the background check because the sheriffs were supposed to be doing the background check on you to get your concealed carry. Well, as you know, we put out right. our gun form. What was it? Two weeks ago at the, where the out of ATF uh, Bureau of Alcohol, Tobacco and Firearms put out a letter to all Alabama FFLs that three sheriffs in Alabama had not been doing the background check. So they were no longer going to honor your concealed carry permit, you had to go through the full NICS uh, background check to get your weapon. So um, after my first surgery that failed, my son, because I couldn't drive, my son carries it back to the doctor. And then he, because I had a weapon waiting on me, that little target pistol, I go out there, Eddie, and their computer was down. They do have it computerized now where you can log into ATF, a firearms dealer. And you know, uh-huh. I, had to, I had to fill out the form. Have you committed a felony or you blah, blah, blah. Had to go right. through the whole shooting match, give my social security number, the whole thing. Well, the computer system was down, so they had to call in. It was two and a half hours before I walked away with the weapon I had bought. So that right. We, we, Good two Lord. and a half hours. So we mm-hmm. already got, and some people may think that's nothing. Well, it is nothing. Didn't bother me. I'm I'm in order to save lives and keep weapons out of the hands of a criminal or a mentally ill person. I'm happy to go through a background check. Happy to. Exactly. I'm all I'm all for cool. that. Is bother me one bit. But what does bother me is for somebody who's absolutely anti-gun to tell me that I don't care about life, you know, that I, that I don't care about those people that died because 
Eddie, I don't know a responsible gun owner that isn't upset every time we have one of these. I carry my weapon to protect life, not to take That's life. exactly right. And that's see, now, I'm going to make this short and give someone else a chance here, but uh, a little into a little discussion with my mother-in-law, who's anti-gun. Of course, now this woman's 90 years old. She's old school, and I understand that. But um, I had to stress to her, I said, well, I can appreciate what you're saying, but let's just take, for example, if you and I in the lane were to go out to dinner, someone comes barreling in with whatever weapon, whatever kind of gun, and just starts picking people off left and right. Okay. What's the first thing you're going to do? You're going to look at me because you know I have a pistol on me, and you're going to look at me to save your neck. Lane's neck, whoever else in that place that I can. You're yep. going to look for the person who has a weapon and can use it honestly to uh, to protect you. You have to look at things from that side of you. And she says, well, I never really thought of it that way, but you're right. Well, says, well here's something. The media does not display... There are some, they're on our gun forum on Facebook. I have the links. There are several links that show you they run a daily total of all the people that thwarted assault by a criminal with their gun. Mm-hmm. And so this, right. the, the media, you know, the mainstream media is not going to talk about that. Now, I don't know if you saw about the guy, Eddie, did you see the guy who went into Walmart and the fireman held him at gunpoint till the cops got there? I've, I Just heard about it. I didn't see it. Yes. Yeah, so. Well, now they're now they're un, they're wondering if this guy did it as a prank, which was a stupid prank. Because oh, absolutely. They, oh, absolutely. I mean, uh, if you walk in with full body art and brandishing. A lot of people walk in with a weapon on their side. That's something else I'm going to talk about in a little bit. But if you walk in brandishing, pointing that weapon, somebody would take you out in a heartbeat, and they'd be justified in doing so. You know, exactly I mean, right. Because you are a deadly threat. You know, so exactly. if his intention was to be funny, it, man, his funny like cost him his life. So, but we absolutely, I am, I am a gun owner that has actually been in a confrontation with my family on a trip in New Mexico where we were assaulted. And had we, Mm -hmm. had I not had my weapon, I know for a fact it would have been bad because there were five men, five men in orange suits that had escaped from a prison mm-hmm. and that mm-hmm. were captured after my confrontation with them. So when somebody disrespects the fact that my weapon saved my family, I take issue with that. You know, you uh, don't yeah. have the right, you don't have the right to take that protection away from me, but I will promise you this. I'll do everything I can to be a safe, responsible gun owner. You know, that and that's something, that's something I think we can. Eddie, thanks for calling in, man. I appreciate it. I hope you call. We'll do this again. I hope you call in some more. I'll do it. And listen, I hope you heal up there real quick, David. And thanks right, again buddy. for inviting me. Yes, sir. Good talking to you. Take care. Do now. Bye-bye.
bye-bye. Ah, that was Eddie from Birmingham. He's an old Inslee High School uh, alumni friend of mine, been around for a long time. So, uh, And Eddie's a good guy, and we appreciate what he had to say. Two other people called in, and I didn't notice the phone numbers, and they hung up. So let me give you the phone number again. It's area code 213-943-3360. That's 213-943-3360. Okay, moving on to a couple things. That was a good call, good conversation with uh, Eddie there. Okay, so what what went down? I may get into some other things about guns in a second, but uh, we've got 35 minutes left on the show. We do a one-hour show. Uh, So one thing President Trump said was that he was willing to look into red flag laws and background checks. Uh, Background checks, I don't think, bothers anybody, as long as they're done correctly. Red flags bothers almost everybody I know now. The reason for that is we've been through things like this before, and it's always been abused. Um, Senator Graham, Representative Crenshaw, uh, both talked about a bill they have that's not really what it is. It's to form task forces to help the states come up with red flag laws. Uh, Dan Crenshaw was on Louder with Crowder. That's Stephen Crowder's show. He tweeted out uh, about red flag laws, and he came under a lot of flack. I mean a lot of flack for that because many gun owners, responsible gun owners, have seen this before, and there is no due process. And when we say due process, let's just sum this up. You don't want somebody that's mad at you, be it an ex-husband, an ex-wife, a neighbor across the street, to be able to call into some anonymous hotline, hey, he's an idiot over there about to kill people, and somebody comes and takes your lawfully uh, owned firearms. That's what we're talking about with due process. Uh, Crenshaw talked last night, as did Lindsey Graham, about they would not go forward unless there was very strict due process. Uh, Dan Crenshaw, if you don't know Dan, Dan's the one with the patch over his eye. He's a former Navy SEAL. He's a congressman from Texas. Um, Very level, uh, straight shooting guy, but he came under a lot of flack for this. And so red flag laws, uh, Dana Loish, I've probably got her L-O-E-S-C-H, she used to be the NRA spokesperson until they kind of had their little problem between LaPierre and Nolly North that went on recently. We're not going to get into that today, but um, here's what she wrote that the Federalist uh, newspaper picked up and pjmedia.com just put out. Uh, This is Dana Lowe. She warned, the people who report your Twitter account and your Facebook pages, because they dislike your opinion, want you to trust a government-run system where people can, without serious penalty of law, report you and have your property confiscated before you're even allowed to defend yourself in court, weeks, even months later. Politicians refer to law-abiding gun-owning Americans as domestic security threats. 
yet want you to trust them with implementing such a system. I'm talking about red flag laws and the risks they pose to due process. You know, those other rights after the Second Amendment in the Constitution. Now, she pretty much just summed up everybody's big gripe about red flag laws, due process. Now, here's the other gripe. The other gripe is how do you get off this list? I I mean, you know, I, I know people that have gone through painstaking divorces where uh, they were kept from seeing their children that absolutely became mental, mentally unstable. But then they got over it, and life got better, and they got help, and things moved on. So how do you get off a list once you're on a list? Dan Crenshaw talked last night with Crowder about people that got put on a no-fly list and didn't even realize they were on the darn thing. Uh, and how hard it was to get off of the no-fly list. And they would tell you, well, no, you're not a terrorist, but we're not going to let you fly either. So there was a perfect example of one of these so-called lists and red flags that got abused. Um, everybody's scared to death. Every time we go to the table, gun responsible gun owners go to the table, it, it's a, there's this little sneaky backdoor mentality to get our guns. Now, the first thing they will say is, we don't want your guns. I will never forget Diane Feinstein saying that from California. We don't want your guns. And then she comes out with this infamous list where the first guns on the list are nothing more than hunting rifles that have a mean-looking stock. Now, that gets into something Eddie and I were talking about a little bit ago is uh, terminology with guns. Now, NPR yesterday morning, I, I get up in the morning, I tell Google to play the news, and I've got it set. It plays NPR and it plays Fox. I feel like I'm getting a right-side news and a left-side news, and I'll figure out somewhere in the middle when I read the Wall Street Journal when it comes later in the day what the truth is or what near about is. I want to see both sides of the extremes. Well, I, I don't know... I just don't know how we move forward when we've got the media using terminology that doesn't even work. It's not even right. And people that want to write gun laws don't even understand what a gun is. NPR started out two days ago labeling the El Paso shooter with an AK-47 style weapon. Excuse me, it's either an AK-47 or it's not. Now, then they turn around and they talk about weapons of war. Okay, an AK-47, absolutely. What the Russians used for years, um, an M-16, an M-1, yeah, weapons of war. What the United States used. A semi-automatic weapon is not an assault weapon. That's almost every weapon in America except a revolver or a bolt-action rifle. Semi-automatic merely means nothing more than every time you squeeze the trigger after you have charged the weapon, either by racking the slide, pulling the charging handle, that it fires one projectile. You pull the trigger, boom. You pull it again, boom. 
a fully automatic machine gun means you hold the trigger down and it just continues to fire. That's a military assault style weapon. Could we at least get the terminology right? Because it does matter. It truly does matter. Then the next thing they do is they go into all this about you don't need that many magazines. Well, recently California tried to put a law out to stop high-capacity magazines, anything over 10 rounds. It was stopped by a judge who cited two court cases where a female was able to use a high-capacity magazine to stop multiple invaders to her home. You got five guys. One of them, there were five guys assaulted this woman, and she was able to stop them with a 25-round magazine. Well, I got news for you. If you've got a seven-round magazine like carried in many smaller caliber semi-automatic weapons, pistols, and you're trying to stop five guys, you're probably not going to hit every time you fire. Uh, your adrenaline's pumping. It's usually dark. This crap happens fast. Yeah, you're absolutely right. I need a high-capacity magazine because, you know what? Criminals don't follow the law. There's no rule of attack they have to go through. Oh, well, we can only attack you with one person this type of weapon, where do you come up with thinking a criminal is ever going to follow the law, ever? So does that mean that we're going to be able to hang on to high-capacity magazines? Who knows? That's what I was getting at a minute ago. The gun, responsible gun owners are so tired of being the ones that are attacked Every time we have one of these mass shootings. Now, another thing that goes on is they skew these numbers unbelievably. Um, they do not. One mass shooting is one too many. Okay, I've said it. Just like Trump said that he condemns white supremacy, he said it. And they're gonna, not going to admit he said it. They're already not admitting he said it. They're not going to admit that I grieve when I hear of innocent people being killed, but I do. And I would like to do anything I can to stop that from happening, including taking the sucker out if I have the opportunity and I'm there. Now, that doesn't mean, because we had this discussion in the gun forum, just because you are carrying doesn't mean you can take out some nut that dressed in full body armor and came to kill people. But you know what you do? You stand a chance. There was some training that went on in Alabama over the summer. I'll see if I can provide the link, put it in the Bama uh, gun owners forum. Um, but they actually went through active shooter training, some of the teachers, and several of the teachers talked about how when they finally broke through the barricade, you know, they told them to create a barricade. We'll talk about that in a second uh, and things of that nature. When the, when the shooter finally got past the barricade and there they all were, they shot them with plastic bullets, plastic bullets, like in the back, on the shoulder. And the teacher said, that hurt. And the instructor said, yeah, that's what happens when you don't fight back. You die. 
when your life's on the line, when an active shooter, you got to have a plan. I posted a TED Talk video from a San Antonio chief of police. It's not even a year old. It's put out in November of this last year. Uh, he actually responded to the Baptist church shooting out in Texas. And he talked about, you know, having a plan when you go in a place, know where the exits are. Because the first thing you want to do is get out of there. You know, you, you want to get out of there. If you can't get out, you want to put something between you and the shooter. Get in a room. Lock the door. Once you lock the door, barricade the sucker. Put as much stuff between you and the shooter as you can. Grab a fire extinguisher. It's a great weapon. You can shoot it off at them. Then you can knock the hell out of them after. The last thing he said, if there's 15 or 20 of you and you're in a room and you barricade it and that shooter somehow got through, charge him. 15 people against the shooter is pretty good odds. And he said, yep, you're probably going to get shot. You probably are. But you're going to go down trying to take that sucker out. You're going to go down fighting. And that's what the average pro-gun Second Amendment NRA-carrying person, all they want is a fighting chance. It is for protection. You know, we've got over 300 million guns in this country. If the gun owners were the problem, you'd know it. And and gun owners get so tired every time one of this happens that you can't even let the families have one moment to even know if somebody died in their family before it gets politicized. I waited a day, but not the other side, boys. The anti-gun crowd, they it wasn't even 30 minutes old. They were starting. They And I know they're going to turn around and go, well, y'all do it too. And it's just a big damn back and forth finger pointing thing. But let's start out with a couple of things. You're not getting my gun. You're not going to do it. It's, you know what? Uh, I realize y'all are trying to sidestep the Constitution. You're going to have to go through the very long, arduous process of the number of states to get it ratified. Then it's got to go to the people. And we're just not going to let that happen. So you might as well give that up. Now, that means y'all are going to try all these backdoor, sideways things, and, and you're going to do this in the name of emotions and a greater good. And if you will throw all that to the side and realize you're not getting our guns, we, we've seen through it. We've seen the Trojan horses. You know, we, we, we are skeptical. We, we are leery and we will remain leery. Once you get that in your head, we can sit down then and have serious conversations about what we can do, what we really and truly can do because we do need to do something about it but we don't need to have these same old tired arguments uh i've put up i wrote about this in 2015 heller v dc famous spring court case um they addressed all kind of issues of if you don't know the basis of the case you really couldn't have a handgun in washington dc uh, and if you did on one, it had to be locked up. There was all kind of restrictions on it, this, that, and other. And they got sued. It went all the way to the Supreme Court. And the Supreme Court kicked Washington, D.C. and said, no, you can't do this. This infringes on the rights. But they put to rest two main arguments that used to get used all the time. And I'm going to talk about now that they're finally admitting that they're trying another tactic. The first one was a real well-regulated militia. Well, 
the winning side wrote the opinion. Scalia wrote the opinion. Yes, Scalia's dead. He's gone. He's been replaced. But he didn't change the Second Amendment. He just clarified it. It is a 157-page opinion where they went into great depth of why they endorsed it and said a well-regulated militia is the people. It's not the National Guard. It's not the military. It is the people. And now they're trying to say that Scalia rewrote the Second Amendment. That's full. Even if you take it at the full text where it says a well-regulated militia and the semicolon, the right of the people to bear arms shall not be infringed. I'm not quoting it verbatim, uh, but you can, that can be Googled in a second. It's a semicolon. They tie together. They have equal rank. They go in even before that to why even without recognizing that it was not about the National Guard, that it was about the people. The, well, the well-regulated militia was the introductory left side of the semicolon. The rights of the people to uh, keep and bear arms was the main part of the semicolon of the two parts. So, I mean, he didn't rewrite anything. The second part of Heller v. Uh, D.C. that they used to try to bring up was that this only applies to the weapons of the 18th century back during the Revolutionary War. Well, they actually wrote in the opinion that that argument borders on the frivolous, that they do not interpret constitutional law that way, the same as modern-day electronic communication is still protected by the First Amendment. Then they went into great detail about what the word bear meant, arms meant. You know, it doesn't say the right to bear guns. It was the right to bear arms. So they went into great detail in this 157-page opinion that just because a weapon was not invented during the 18th century when this was wrote does not mean it does not apply to it. Bearing arms means that you can carry it. It can be in your possession. You can hold it on your person. So now that argument don't buy it either. So I'm getting tired of those two arguments. I hear them all the time. A well-regulated militia. It only applied to muskets. No, you're wrong. And the Supreme Court, the, 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 the top, has made that decision game over. Unless y'all change the Constitution. Guess what? There's a way to do that. We all know there's a way to do that, but your emotions don't get to do it. So if you can dismiss, and you know what? This is going to sound bad, and I really don't care anymore. If you can't dismiss that we have a right to bear arms, it is a constitutional right. Too bad. Just too bad. You can make that argument till pigs fly, but it's not going to carry any weight. I, I mean, you can cry over it, sleep over it. It's not going to save one person from getting killed in a mass shooting. Whereas if we can put that to the side, then maybe we can go forward with responsible thoughts, laws, regulation, give us some consideration to the fact these always happen in gun-free zones, things like that. There's a lot to talk about. But when all we talk about is emotions and don't accept the facts of the matter, it is a right. I always hear this. Here's another one. 
It should be regulated like a driver's license. A dri- driving a vehicle is a privilege. It is not a right. It is a privilege. That is a license privilege that you must receive training for, that you must renew that license. You know why? Because you're traveling on taxed roads that were built by the government through taxpayer funds. It's a privilege. It's not a right. The right to free speech is a right. The right to freedom of religion is a right. The right to bear arms is a right. And I would add, it says, shall not be infringed. So it's a right. And let's not forget that. And we can possibly have the discussion to see what we can do. Maybe we can have the discussion about red flag laws and figure out ways to implement them with due process. I don't want guns to be in the hands of mentally ill people. I don't know anybody else that wants that either. But we also don't want to be put on a list because somebody's pissed off at us, Um, especially somebody that doesn't like guns to start with. And let me tell you what's going to happen. One more time, somebody called in and hung up. It's 213-943-3360. That's 213-943-3360. That's the number to call in. Um, But here's what's going to happen. We're going to go to the table. You're going to have gun control advocates that are going to push, 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 push. Hopefully, we'll, we'll we'll get somewhere. You know, best statement I ever heard about compromise was an old politician said, if everybody walks away from the table a little unhappy, then you know you've done well. Because everybody got a little bit of what they want, and they didn't get a little bit of what they want. That's what compromise is all about. So we, we do want to stop the mass shootings. We do want to go forward, but here's what happened last time. We had a terrible mass shooting. Everybody went crazy, started this all again. Let's have gun control, gun control, gun control. Take away all the guns. Look at what they did in Australia. Look at what they did in England, blah, blah, blah. And went on and went on and went on. And then there came that infamous list of hunting rifles they wanted banned, and people got fed up. And all across the nation, you know what happened? You didn't get tighter gun control laws. You got looser laws. In fact, what they did all over America, they started this open carry validation. Now, I am against open carry. What is open carry? Open carry is the people, not law enforcement, that you see walking down the street with a gun on their side, and it's visible. Um, Carrying a weapon with a a shoulder sling, that's open carry. Now, it's always been illegal, but what cops used to do is they would write you up a ticket for a misdemeanor for disturbing the peace. Well, after the gun control freaks, and I am going to call them freaks because they really weren't trying to save anybody's life. They wanted to take the guns. After they started pushing once again, legislators and states all across America fought back, and they met, not only did they reaffirm open carry, they wrote laws that said police could not write you up as disturbing the peace for open carry. I don't like open carry. I don't want to intimidate a mother, a child, I don't want to intimidate somebody that doesn't like guns. But the biggest reason I don't want to open carry, I don't want the criminal to know where my gun is, ever. 
the 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 thing that keeps many criminals at bay are concealed carry weapons. They don't know who has them. And that's the way I want to keep it. I don't want you to know where I, I'm not going to tell I might carry my gun in my pocket, on my side, in my hip, in my waist, appendix carry, ankle carry. You have no idea, and I don't ever want you to know either. Guess what? I may be carrying more than one, and I don't want you to know. But that is what happens because they push so hard to take guns, we got nowhere. You know why? Because the entire conversation was driven with emotions. I'm not emotional about this. You heard our only caller that called in that he and I talked earlier. I'm willing to have responsible uh, gun control. I'm willing to have background checks. I'm willing to have safety training. I'm willing to do all the things to make sure guns remain for protective purposes. That's not emotional driven. But somebody who just wants to take your guns, that's emotionally driven. And I especially have a hard time when it's a lot of times Hollywood and people that have armed security guards living in gated communities, uh, things of that nature. Um, all right, moving along. I did not have a script. Um, okay, well, let, let's, let's talk about saving lives. If you're caring and you go to a range on a regular basis and train, as I try to do, and I'm going to do again as soon as I get my eyesight back. Um, you know, I hear people, oh, my God, he had a 1,000 rounds. A 1,000 rounds to me is two trips to the range. Um, that's not a lot of ammo. I know you think, oh, my God, how could he say that? He must be a freak. The reason we go to the range is so we're proficient with our guns. And some people just like to shoot at the range. You know, it is a sport for some people. There are competition shootings. It was an Olympic sport. I mean, there are all kinds of reasons to own guns. A gun is not, I've heard this and it is not true. A gun, I've heard this over and over, is designed to kill people. It is not. It is designed to fire a projectile. That is what a gun was made for, to fire a projectile. That projectile could be for hunting. It could be to stop an assailant. It could be for target practice. It could be to shoot clays that are pulled. Um, it could be to shoot beer bottles. Uh, it could be to shoot tin cans. Um, it could be to start a race. It could be all kinds of things. Oh, now, Dave, you know the primary reason it is the design of a gun, the engineering, the makeup of a gun is to fire a projectile. That is what it's for. And there are millions of people walking around in America that are law-abiding gun owners. They don't want to hurt anybody. We are less like, you know what, I, I when I, there's an old saying, an armed society is a polite society. If you're armed, you don't want to get in a confrontation. You don't want it to escalate to that. You want it to de-escalate. But you know what? Criminals and idiots don't think about things like that. Um, I was watching this. It was on Netflix. I think it was on Stars. Outlander. And uh, you, you may have watched it. It's kind of a time travel thing where 
this lady goes between World War Two era back to the uh, British and Scots fighting uh, years, you know, hundreds of years back and forth. And I mean, they, and at one point in the show, they make it over to France. Well, it's against the law to duel in France. And um, at one point, one of the main characters gets thrown into the uh, Bastille for the, the French prison for dueling with the British bad guy. And at one point, he almost his friend almost pulled his sword when they were in uh, King Louis's court um, to go after this guy. And the guy stayed his sword and put his hand there because he told him, you know, he said, if you draw your sword in the presence of the king, it is an automatic death right then and there. Okay. So you got to be a real nut to do that. Well, that, they did stuff. They did go on and duel. You can't stop nuts. Nuts are going to be nuts. You can minimize them at best. But the one thing, you know, locks. There's old saying: locks are made to keep honest people honest. A lot of people like that. They don't like that. But this, I do know. I stand a fighting chance. I may be in a Walmart one day. God forbid. And I don't even get to draw my weapon, and a guy takes me out. Well, you know what? It, then it was my time to go. But if I see that sucker coming and I'm backed up in a corner, I am going to fight. And at least I stand the fighting chance. At least your family stands the fighting chance. I'm going to emphasize this one last time. We've got six minutes left to go. Um, I carry a gun to protect life. I don't carry a gun to take life. I carry a gun for protection. That's the reason I carry I don't want to see people mass killed. I want to minimize that any way I can. And one way to minimize that is to be a good shot, believe it or not. It's happened. The media is not going to portray it, but it has happened. All right, we're going to do this again. I'll try to, I'll try to spell out something uh, with a more defined bullet point by bullet point. Uh, radio, you know, I don't do these as professionals I used to when I had my newspaper. I kind of throw these together when my father-in-law I'm taking care of is napping, and he always gets a nap after lunch. He's asleep right now, so you know it's it's talking among friends. Um, but hopefully, it's good talk. So that's our talk about guns. I don't know when I'm going to do another one of these. Uh, don't count on them being every day. I kind of do them as I feel like doing them. It's a hobby for me. Um, but this, the the link you're lit, we've got well, 44 people listening. That's not bad. Um, the, the people that are listening, if you want to give them the same link that you use to listen, about 30 minutes after the show ends, that link becomes 24-7 live. About two hours after the show ends, it becomes a 24-7 on my Apple podcast that you can find searching David's another point of view. Thanks for being with us. Hey, Eddie, that called. Thank you for calling. Uh, to the other three people that called and hung up, I apologize. Like I said, I'll, uh, you know, when I did this with the newspaper, I used to have a, a staff person that would man the call board. And the minute you'd call in, he'd get your name and, you know, let me know you were wanting to ask a question or make a comment. So we'll try to get better about that. But 
I hope you enjoyed listening. Um, let, let's let's say a prayer for the families in El Paso and Dayton, and let's pray this doesn't happen again. And let let's go a little deeper too. Let, let's pray that these young people that do this, or whether it's an old person or anything, that they're led not to do this, that they find fulfillment in their life, that they realize the blessing for all the ups and downs, the blessing this life is. And I hope you guys have a great day. I'm in the episode. Thanks for listening.